Witches, this is Ayo Deli Fuega of BossyBruja.com. Welcome back to my podcast. It's been a while, and I am so thankful to see another day and to have another opportunity to share some thoughts, some feelings, some ideas with you. I just got internet, my new place. Um, there are a lot of delays uh, right now. Um, some of you may know that I have just moved um, from Oakland Park to South Beach. My sister was here helping me work on the business. And then plans changed because she's a Pisces. Uh, and she had to go back home to New York about a month and a half early. So there's been a lot going on. We have a lot of new uh, sisters and brothers joining our circle and sisters, brothers, and others. And it has been really amazing. I'm loving the participation I'm seeing, um, the support that I'm seeing among um, participants on the Bossy Bruja um, IG. I'm loving the messages I'm receiving, and I'm happy to hear that so many of you are starting to feel more like yourself and starting to feel better, starting to see success. I know that there are some of you who um, either have not messaged me and you're not feeling so hot or there are people who haven't messaged me and are feeling amazing. So for those of you specifically um, who haven't reached out but you're not really feeling it, maybe not seeing the results that you would like to see from working with the oils or maybe uh, you have reached out to me <laughs> um, because I have gotten a few messages from people who have been using some of the Bossy Bruja products, some of the oils in particular, um, and doing things, doing the baths and saying the affirmations and following along with the prayers. Um, some of you maybe have even done some of the visualization uh, meditations. And nothing's panning out. Nothing is showing up. Nothing is working. Or I had one man who told me, well, I'm only seeing small things. So we're going to be talking today, Little Witches, because there's quite a bit um, that I need you to understand um, as a business owner, but more importantly, as a witch, someone who has been practicing for 14 years um, and someone who has studied and grown and connected with other witches and learned from big witches over over that period of time um that some these are some things that maybe um some of the the newer witches or people who are reawakening to their inherent magic and their abilities and their powers may not understand about magic and witchcraft and i would be remiss if i didn't give you some truth <laughs> and share some realities um with you now i post this all the time but whether or not people are reading these posts, you know, obviously everyone does not read um, the posts. So it's good if I can send the message out <laughs> over a different medium, okay? So sit back, relax. We're going to talk about some some good stuff. 
I'm going to give you some quick and possibly for some of you hard truths about magic, about witchcraft. And I think that some of the things I'm going to be sharing in today's podcast are applicable to anybody, regardless of what your spiritual path is and what it looks like. So get settled, get yourself some podcast tea, (laughs) and let's get started, shall we? Let me be honest, when I hear people saying to me, (laughs) I feel bad, and when I ask them what they're doing about that, they say nothing. It pisses me off. When people approach magic as if all of their problems should be solved without putting any work in, it pisses me off. Because the reality of spiritual work is that it's like all work. I say this all the time. Actually, I write it all the time. Spiritual work is like any work. Consistency is what changes things. Have you ever watched any type of a like witchy sitcom, TV show, movie? You always see the witches working. They're responding to things immediately, magically and practically, always, okay? Whether there's a demon to vanquish, <laughs> friends to assist, or some some witchy holiday or a new moon or a spell to do, there's always work going on. And while a lot of things that you'll see on television obviously are false, it's fantasy, um, the work and the consistent work that you see, which is putting in, is very, very real. The ones who are successful with their craft are working almost constantly. They keep a fire burning. They keep the stove on. They're working with a potion. They're praying. They're casting a spell. They're doing some work. I have people who come to me and they say, my oils aren't working, my candle isn't working. And I ask them, well, what did you do with it? How did you use it? Have you taken any spiritual baths? Have you done any reversals? Have you continued with your spell work? We don't just cast a spell. We don't just light one candle and think that that's going to correct our whole life. There is work to be done. The magic of prayer and spell work, because my personal view on spell casting is that it is just a very specific form of prayer. One of my favorite forms of prayer because it is so involved. You you are wanting to set your altar up, probably clean your floors or take a spiritual bath. You want to pay attention to the the day or the time of day in some cases. You are either making very practical use, being very resourceful with the the items and materials that you have on hand, or you're going out into nature. Or in modern witches cases, a lot of times to the market to gather resources and to bring them into your sacred space to focus your intention, focus your mind on what it is you desire to achieve, to obtain, to manifest, to demonstrate in your own life. 
I think that the biggest obstacles that we have to successful workings is a lack of work. The other thing is a lack of focus. Some of us don't even know what we want. We don't, we don't know what we want. We don't have any specific ideas about what it is we are working to achieve. A lot of times our goals and desires are wrapped up in other humans, which witchcraft or no, is gonna be kind of difficult to work on other people, especially if you are not in, in control of yourself. I tell people that the first step in witchcraft is to calm down. I think that getting connected to your own spirit is exceedingly important as well. But self-control and personal responsibility are so central to building a successful and effective practice. You cannot think, <laughs> or maybe, you know, think what you want. But I don't think that it's reasonable, logical, to think that you would have any success at controlling, dominating your lover or your boss, your neighbor or a friend, if you cannot even control yourself. So let's talk about emotions because here's here's the thing. Let's let's go to one of my central thoughts. My one of my core beliefs is that I am spirit. I'm not a body. I'm not my mind, I'm not my thoughts, I'm not my heart, I'm not my emotions. I'm not my will, so I'm not my behaviors. I am spirit, pure positive energy. I possess soul, which means I possess a mind, heart, and will. I possess those things like a carpenter possesses tools. But no matter how closely the carpenter works with those tools, the carpenter is not the tools. The carpenter is the carpenter, the tools are the tools. The spirit is spirit. The heart, mind, and will are what they are. They are tools to be used, preferably in the design and creation of your life. So you would use your mind to make decisions to, as Abraham sit, um, Abraham, Abraham Hicks teaches, to sift through the contrast, figuring out what you do desire by knowing very clearly and certainly what you do not desire, okay? And you would use your emotions to add energy and vivacity to your spells. What I mean by that is when you're casting for something, if your energy is dead, your manifestation probably not gonna be popping. It's probably going to have no energy. You have to be able to get your spell up off of the floor. You have to be able to put enough energy and feeling and conviction into it to, to make something move, to make something happen. If you approach your spell work and you have a sad, mopey energy, you're, you're damp and depressed and heavy, First of all, do not cast in that energy. The next logical step for you would be to work on your own emotions and not to begin trying to manifest a new job or a new home or a new boo or whatever. The first thing that you want to do is to be able to be in a space of calm, a space of poise, self-control, okay? Where you are able to be in a space of logical thought, in a space of 
truth. That's what I had to do last night. So I mentioned today on Instagram that I'd been using um, Rhea Sage's healing spell oil last night because the death and, and the, the passing of Mr. Nipsey Hussle really hit me hard and my emotions were pretty blue. They were pretty blue. And for me, it was out of the question to go and sleep with these sad emotions. If you if you go to bed with sad emotions, nine times out of 10, you're gonna wake up in the morning and still be in a, a moody, sad, depressed place. So what I was not going to do was to allow these emotions to come to bed with me. So I stayed up, I was writing, I was reading my favorite book, The Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes, the, um, the chapter on immortality specifically. I took a hot shower and then all of a sudden I remembered, hey, I have this box, which I had been saving because before I started to dig into things, I wanted to show you all the beautiful things that I received from Rhea. So I remembered, hey, I have an oil in there for healing. And I used this oil and I immediately remembered a line from one of my favorite St. Germain posts, um, prayers post Jesus, um, from one of my favorite St. Germain prayers. And the phrase that I remembered was world without end. I'm going to read it to you. This prayer, which they say is St. Germain's mantra for the Aquarian age. It's called, I am the light of the heart. The prayer is, I am the light of the heart shining in the darkness of being and changing all into the golden treasury of the mind of Christ. I am projecting my love out into the world to erase all errors and to break down all barriers. I am the power of infinite love amplifying itself until it is victorious, world without end. I felt immediately better. I felt my mind click back into truth, back into reality that though the physical body be destroyed, the spirit is untouchable and invincible, eternal and immortal. Okay. And at the time of the writing, which was, um, back in the 1920s and then a republication or um, a revising and a republication of the science of mind which was 1938 ernest holmes wrote about the scientific findings which were teaching that within the physical body there was an etheric body and probably more more etheric bodies finer and finer ad infinitum meaning we're like these eternal Russian dolls. So you you take away this physical body, there is another body, a more etheric body, a more subtle body, and then another and another and another. And this is what I love about this path. It does not make any qualms. It doesn't it doesn't pretend not to be mystical. Okay. While we obviously, because of the way I started this podcast, we do encourage practice pragmatism we 
we encourage being practical, practicality, and actually putting in physical works. Like you're not just going to to cast a spell, or I would not suggest you just cast a spell for a job and then never polish off your resume and send it out. You, I highly suggest that you do your spell and and you work. There's an African proverb: when you pray, move your feet. I believe in that. Okay. Um, so obviously we're very, very practical, but at the same time, these beliefs, these beliefs about immortality, about how we are spiritual beings on an endless journey through eternity, having a temporary human experience, our beliefs about death as a trans, a transition. A lot of us don't have, can I say some witches don't have any set in stone beliefs about death there are just certain ideas about it because how can you know how can you know but witchcraft and other mystical paths do provide information that leans more toward more ideas and philosophies that lean more towards immortality and the eternal nature of being and of, of the human spirit and of soul so really falling back on my spirituality last night, connecting with magic that was created for me by a friend, Miss Rhea Sage, which if you check out her, um, her Etsy shop, it's called Mantic by Rhea. Everything is beautiful. These oils smell amazing, very high quality, a lot of time, a lot of love, so much fierceness and so much... So much magic and power has gone into these oils. I felt using her oils that I had the support of a friend in a time where I really, I was really feeling that I needed to. So let's go back to what I was saying about emotions, because I believe that in order to live a successful life, to achieve goals, first of all, you need to know what your goals are and they need to be true to you. They need to be true to you. So goals for the purpose of stunting, goals for the purpose of competing, goals for the purpose of, you know, not missing out or getting someone's attention or having someone think you're so great or what the hell ever people be wanting what they want for. I don't know. Okay. There is a certain level of desire that has to come from a place of self-interest, self-care, self-love. I, I desire this because this is what I'm interested in, because this is what I'm aligned with, because this is what my soul is drawn to. Not I desire this because my friend has it. Headass. Y'all need to chill with that. It's really ridiculous. It's a waste of time and a gross waste of, ener of energy. And you know what's another waste of energy? Casting shit on other people. That's a huge motherfucking waste of ashe. Let me tell you. These people, and this is this is one of the major reasons that I'm I was no longer aligned with my ex teacher. The overemphasis on what other grown motherfuckers are doing is so ridiculous to me. I just could not get with it. I just could not get with it. Why why the overemphasis on working on other people? And when I say working on other people, I mean casting spells on other people. All types of nastiness. In order to cast nasty, hateful, baneful works, 
you have to draw on that part of yourself. You have to commune with that part of yourself. You have to let it loose. And while for some of us, especially those who are ego led, that may feel good. And I can relate because there was a long, <laughs> there was a long period in my life after I divorced my husband where I was, I loved to fight. I loved it. I love to fight. It made me feel powerful. Obviously, it is a pseudo source of power because the true power is in love. The true power is in forgiveness. The true power is seeing through people's trauma and their psychological issues to the root of the problem. Okay. After the divorce, I, I loved fighting, but I have recently learned the power of love. Loving oneself, loving my own life, loving my own peace, okay? One thing that I shared recently about, one thing I shared recently um, with you guys about the threefold law is that I was under the impression, because, you know, a lot of, especially in Hoodoo, that threefold law, that's a white witch's thing. They, they're not about that. I think it's a Wiccan thing, um, which is the Wiccan read or the witches read or whatever. They're not with that threefold law shit. But let me tell you, when I first learned about the threefold law, I sat down and I thought deeply about it. Why three? Why three? And I, and what my mind came up with or the conclusion I drew is that because we are triune beings, because we are spirit, soul, and body, anything that we send out, even if it doesn't come back to us three different ways to Sunday, <laughs> it has to at some point touch us on a spiritual soul and then a physical level. I think it was India Irie who says, if you say, if you say hurtful things or if you do bad things, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but if you're hateful or you speak hatefully or you, you, you do something hateful, you know, the first person who's affected is you. And I think that that effect happens on a spiritual soul and a physical level. That's why I don't suggest doing any baneful works on people. That is a last result type of thing. Like major trauma has happened. Major abuse has happened. This person, this other person is a, an abuser and they are not allowing you to get free. That type of situation. Where it's like, okay, now I have to, I, now I have to go to war. I believe in war. I think that war has its time and place, okay? I tell people sometimes that you have to understand that demons, right, which we think of as the epitome of evil and negativity, are all fallen angels. They're badass, okay? But they're badass because they used to be God's soldiers, you know? Imagine how badass God's soldiers would have to be, God's shooters, you understand? So when you work with angels, understand that you're working with extremely potent energy. Just uh, in when I was a Pentecostal Christian, they said that the angels um, are just a step below men um, in rank. I don't know why that was. I, I think it was like, you know, man is God's highest creation, which may just be some of our arrogance as, <laughs> as mankind. Um, but imagine how tough and how badass God's soldiers would have to be. So 
and they say that anything that's positive is 10,000 times stronger than anything negative. So imagine all the power that they lose when they, when they become demons, okay? And how much power they retain when they're, they remain on, on God's team. It's neither here nor there. Okay, so let's get back to how you're using your energy, what you're manifesting. Some people would rather see their enemy suffer than to see themselves thriving. I am asking, I'm urging you to be one of the latter. I'm urging you to be someone who cares more about your own success. Someone who doesn't who doesn't need, who doesn't like fiend to see other people suffering because they hurt you. And it's usually some petty bullshit. So they hurt you. Life goes on. We're all like, we're all doing our best here. We're humans. We're messy. We fuck up all the time. It is what it is. Continue to go after your own goals and dreams. So the first thing you need to do is to be clear about what it is you want and be sure that those things are, are your own personal desires. Like you want these things for you. You don't want them be so somebody else doesn't have them. You don't want them because somebody else does have it. You don't want it because somebody else hurt your little uh, egoic ass feelings. <laughs> okay. So make sure that your desires are worthy of the time and the energy that you have to put into them as a witch and as a human to achieve them. The second thing is check your mother emotions. Check your emotions. So many of us seem to be allowing our emotions to run the show. Your emotions work for you. They are your employees. They do not run the show. You're the boss. They work for you. Okay? So if you feel bad, two things. First of all, don't allow that emotion to remain unchecked. That's like a worker who's not doing what they're supposed to do and you just let it slide. Don't let it slide. You need to check those emotions. The second thing is highly recommend and have been recommending this book to people for months now. Um, I read it a few years ago. It's um, a book by Abraham Hicks, Esther and Jerry Hicks. Um, and the book is called The Astonishing Power of Emotions. <sighs> In this book, she basic or they, because um, Esther Hicks is channeling a collective of spirits who call themselves Abraham. And what they are teaching is that your emotions are an indicator. It's a communication. Your emotions let you know how close or how far, how hot or cold. Remember we used to play that hot and cold? how hot or cold you are in your perspective relative to spirit's perspective. So said another way, when you feel good, that means that the way you're seeing this situation or the way you're focused or the way that you're, you're um, thinking of and interpreting a situation that you're currently focused on is aligned with spirits. So you're seeing this thing the same way spirit sees it. When you feel bad, you're not seeing this the way spirit sees it, okay? So our pursuit and seeking after truth is really more about figuring out how spirit sees this. And you know when you're getting close because you start to feel better and better and better. So how does spirit 
see the death of a young black community leader, Nipsey Hussle, a businessman, a father, a friend, a partner. How, how do you see that? You know what I thought today? I thought how successful you are if when you die, your legacy is love and hustling. Love and hustling, your love of your family, your partner, which how amazing is it to see a hip hop artist demonstrating the love of his family, the love of his partner. And he has many interviews where he talks about this. He has interviews where he's like, you know, the, the way that hip hop has been portraying um, and speaking on women and demonstrating you know, love has, has really improved and I agree with him. So the love of his community, where he created safe, safe spaces for children, employed ex-felons, where he was building businesses to bring, to bring money and energy back into his neighborhood. He did not run from the problem, where he was promoting the works of Dr. Sebi. S-E-B-I, who, by the way, cured AIDS, blindness, herpes, and diabetes, starting back in 1987, before I was born, 32 years ago, before Nipsey Hussle was born, okay, started healing people of so-called incurable diseases of which there are none because God is omnipotent. That means all powerful. That means nothing is incurable no matter what you decide to call it. And by the way, the term incurable, I looked it up one time and I found on this medical website that the definition of incurable is actually closer to um, no available treatment. So that's what it means, incurable, it means no available treatment more than impossible to cure. The term incurable is actually really misleading. But anyway, so I think that Spirit's perspective on this is that this man got a lot of work done in just over one decade of public career. Of course, he started selling t-shirts and CDs out of the trunk of his car with his older brother when he was a teenager. Okay. His mother in a recent interview with LA Times said that she felt perfect peace. The uh, local gangs came together for a peace rally. I'm very proud of people's response to this. I, I personally am still very open to the idea of an assassination. Very, very happy that Nick Cannon is picking up the baton and carrying on with the documentary. Um, and also falling back very strongly on my spiritual beliefs that death is an adventure, that death is the road to all, that death is nothing at all. That death is is more like taking off two tight shoes, 
than it is the end of anything, that it is more a beginning of, of something, that we go on to bigger and better, that we go from glory to glory, that there is so much life to live, or as Abraham Hicks teaches, you're never alive and then dead. You're alive and then more alive. So also deeply grateful to have access to so many of this man's albums, interviews, pictures. It's like I'm I'm in my car by myself. I have his I have his voice. What an incredible time to be alive. What an incredible time to be alive with all this technology. You can literally change your life, change your finances with technology. Nipsey Hussle didn't come become big off of the radio. That's an old business model. He sold his own stuff. He promoted his own stuff. He said that YouTube was the biggest, the biggest method um, and the biggest um, aspect of, of his own success. But this is someone who promotes hustling, working, putting in the work. So... Again, to be successful as a witch, work, consistent work. But the first thing is to know what you want. The second thing is to check your emotions. Make sure, if, if you want to feel good, your best bet, I think, is to get as close in your perspective to spirit's perspective as possible. The second thing is plan. I think that the failure to plan long-term whether you're gonna be here tomorrow or not is a huge issue. My boyfriend is from the Virgin Islands. He was born under the, the um, British queen. He loves talking about the queen. He loves it. He tells me regularly, he's an old guy, so he's always like repeating the same stories over and over again. <laughs> he, he tells me regularly, you know, the queen's schedule is planned five years or so in advance you know she knows they know where she's gonna be three years from now on a random tuesday in february right amazing that is how and the woman is like i don't this woman's old as goddamn dinosaur shit okay she's old all right but they still have the schedule on the books for her because in the event that she is still here, these are the things that are going to be lined up for her. You have to begin, especially those of you who refer to yourself as kings and queens, and you are, you need to begin to plan for yourself. Plan and stick to the stick to the plan. I have literally let go of friends dear friends, people that I talk to almost every day, prayed with, cried with watch them birthday babies because they don't know how to plan and stick to a plan. If you don't have a plan and if you're not sticking to a plan, you are drifting. And that is an insult to your creator to be drifting through life. I think that that's my feeling on it. We can't just wake up today and be like, what are you doing today? Shit. I don't know what you doing. That's ridiculous ridiculous okay there are so many skills to develop so many things that need to be created you could be writing sharpening something starting a business building something creating something of value for your family for other people 
Okay. I spoke a few minutes ago about how from my from my seat, it it looks like Nipsey Hussle's um legacy is love and, and work, <laughs> which is amazing. Which is amazing. If you can die and be known as someone who loved and worked your success in my book. So planning. Because as Dr. Maya Angelou told Oprah, you can never know how, you can never know your legacy because your legacy lives beyond you. Your legacy is every life you touch and there is no way for you to know every life you will touch. Your planning is planning for your legacy. What you will do, the poems or blogs or videos or plays or whatever it is you will create to facilitate someone else's life, to support and assist someone else in thriving. That is why you cannot afford to keep procrastinating, putting things off because you don't know how long you have. But one thing's for sure, you're one day closer to your death. So you need to get active. Stop making excuses. Stop spending and wasting your time on situations and people that are not edifying you, but are allowing and empowering and enabling you to waste and kill off your precious time. You need to let those things go. It will feel like a sacrifice. It may feel sad. But the thing about us is that we're all one. We're all here always. So even those people who you have to create some distance between you and them, you're still all here. They're still with you in your heart. Those who are bodied and disembodied, we're still all one. We're still all here, okay? But in order for you to make your time here count, not just for you, but for your family, for your community, for the people who come after you. We have to be able to plan and stick to the plan. And the last, the fourth tip, living a successful life, being a success. Hustle. You gotta hustle. You gotta, you gotta wake up in the morning with gratitude and hit the ground running. You have to bring energy to your work. You have to get shit done. You have to accomplish. You have to follow through. You have to do what you said you were going to do. I'm speaking to you as much as I am speaking to myself. You have got to hustle. Faith without works is dead, which is you can't just light the candle and then climb back into your bed and watch a stupid ass Netflix. You've got to get your ass up and you have got to work. You got to get your house organized, get rid of things that are no longer needed. You have to create some clarity and, and some flow in your environment. You have to do the things that you said you were going to do, develop those skills, take those classes, learn those things, put in some work, create something, sell something, support someone, volunteer somewhere. There's so many things to do. It is 2019. If you are bored, Something is wrong. <laughs> something is wrong, okay? With your perspective, with the way you are seeing life, something is very, very off. You should never be bored. Boredom is an insult to oneself. I forget who said that. But that has been with me since I was 16 years old. Boredom is an insult to oneself. 
you need to learn how to make use of your soul, of your mind, heart, and will. Hustling. I think it was Jungle Pussy, which is one of my favorite rappers. She is a, she is a hustler. She said, whoever said that when, you, when you're doing what you love, you never work a day in your life, big lied. She wrote that on her, her um, Twitter recently. Completely agreed. Even if you love what you're doing, it's still work. You still have to get up and use your energy in some way. Some of you will use your energy feeling miserable in bed watching TV. Some of you will get on your feet and make things happen. Use your energy, invest your energy into creating something that will outlive you. I pray that, I pray that you are the latter. I pray that you value your, yourself enough, your time enough to put in the work necessary to create something. That's all I have to say about that. Long live Nipsey Hustle. Peace.